everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is time for the NFL Week One Morning Grind podcast. I'm joined today by Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not much, man. Football is here. Super exciting time of the year, every single year. Been grinding that baseball, doing a couple of podcasts with you for that. So excited to join you on some football podcasts this year. Um, very excited about this week one. We don't have any like major injuries. So a lot of times week one, we get just guys that are completely underpriced. I think we have a pretty spread out slate here. Um, so very excited to get into it with you. There's a couple spots that, I mean, we're, we're watching like Dobbins, I think is one um, because Edwards is already out for Baltimore. So like that could potentially open up some value, but I mean, you know, one of the biggest values is on Thursday night football with uh, Van Jefferson out. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. This is a fun slate. It's week one of NFL. Um, I mean, we're going to have a ton of content here at rotor grinders. This is a first look podcast. It always has been. When I got approached to do this years and years and years ago, gosh, it makes me feel so old. Um, <laughs> it was always meant to be a first look. So, I mean, I've done some research for sure, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I was just telling Keith, like this is like the first like real piece of NFL content I've done. Um, so I hop in and start working on expert survey and CVRs and stuff like that tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, this is a first look podcast. It's always going to be that way. So appreciate everyone listening. If you have any questions or anything, always feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Um, I try to answer every single question I can. And I've extended the morning grind game this year. So last year we had six questions and we've had six questions in years past, but with betting and fantasy props and everything like becoming more and more popular, um, I've added some betting and fantasy prop questions as well. So We'll talk about those at the end. We have 10 morning grind questions. We're going to give out um, a two-pick power play over there on prize picks. And yeah, I mean, this is going to be a fun podcast. Glad to have Keith joining me this year for NFL. And let's jump in. Game by game, like always, we get started here with New Orleans at Atlanta, 42 and a half. The Saints are a five and a half point favorite here. They have a 25 implied team total. Um I mean, we got no more Sean Payton in New Orleans. We got new safeties. Are they going to be good? Is this defense going to be a little bit better? Um, what are your thoughts here when you're looking at the Saints against the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, this seems to be a pretty good spot for the Saints going on the road, but it's in a dome. Um, Jameis Winston coming back. So I think the standout play for me is Kamara with them, with them being pretty big favorites here. Um, he should get plenty of work. The receivers core is is interesting uh, with Michael Thomas returning. Obviously, uh, they bring in the rookie Chris Olave. They signed Jarvis Landry. Um, so it's really tough to break down that that target tree. Um, and exactly like Michael Thomas, when he's been on the field throughout his career, has been an absolute target monster. Same can kind of be said for Jarvis Landry. So breaking down where these targets are going to go early in the season, I think, is going to be a difficult thing to do. For this Saints offense, um, for me, that that just makes Kamara the, the absolute safe smash play on this slate. Um, not not afraid of this Atlanta defense by any means. One of the weakest rosters in football um, in the Dome. Not that we have to worry about weather too much early in the season. There are a couple of rain spots on this on this slate, but even that that doesn't affect too much. Um, 
not near as much as when we get into the cold and freezing temperatures and things like that. So the dome is a factor, but not, not as much as it will be later on in the year, but it's, it's mainly Kamara for me, Winston's price. Like I think I'm paying up for quarterback, just initial leans. Um, but Winston does have a, a pretty fair price on both sides. If I'm paying down for qu- quarterback, um, I do like Winston. And then, like I said, it's tough to figure out who to, who to pair him with not knowing these roles. Um, Michael Thomas would be the lean just because of his previous uh, target shares, um, but not not a very strong take there. I could definitely be talked on to, to one of the other guys I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I think the odd man out for me is going to be Trotman. Uh, I think there's some good tight end plays today. I think Olive and – I mean, who's going to play the slot? Is I mean, Thomas likes to work out of the slot. Landry likes to work out of the slot. I mean, that's something that we're going to be watching in week one. Um and just kind of going back and like who got the who got the slot you know snaps um, are they mixing it up? But I think Kamara and the Saints defense. I think the Saints defense is really strong in this spot. Um, I mean, this offensive line is going to be weak for Atlanta. Mariota. I mean, he can he has wheels. He can use his legs to get out of trouble. But I still think overall we have opportunities for sacks. We have opportunities for interceptions with Mariota behind at um, quarterback. So I like the saints defense and I don't ever mind using that correlation of defense and running back with Camara Atlanta offense here, Marcus Mariota. I mean, he's getting the start here to, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. I think he's got a good opportunity to be the guy here for Atlanta this is a way different looking Atlanta offense. We know Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight ends in football. I mean, he's kind of a wide receiver that we get to play as tight end. Drake London was drafted. They brought in Braylon Edwards from Las Vegas. They have Damian Williams and Patterson at running back. It's a different look offense for Atlanta. The offensive line still very potential a weak offensive line and you know, that hurts Patterson. Um, I mean, does it hurt Mariota? Yeah. I mean, no good offensive line. What do we like here? If anything for Atlanta? Yeah, not a ton to like, honestly, um, this new Orleans defense is really strong. Um, Atlanta, I mean, it's still to be determined what Mariota has. We haven't seen him as a, as starter in quite some time. He filled in occasionally um, with Las Vegas and was was okay in a, a backup role, but nothing special. Obviously, struggled with with Tennessee um, and and why he hasn't been a starting quarterback in the NFL over the past couple of years. So I, I'm going to wait and see on this offense, especially in a really tough spot against a good defense like New Orleans. The one standout play you mentioned, just because of the talent, Kyle Pitts. Um, just a tough spot, though. I, I'm not sure that I want to trust Mariota. It looks like Pitts is gaining a little bit of ownership. Um, and like, I'm not sure that ownership is even really a thing uh, on this slate. One. But it, yeah, yeah it, it's really not. It's it's all spread around as of right now. Obviously, things can change by the time we get to Sunday. Um, but if Pitts were to get some ownership, I, I definitely would be on the go underweight train just because this is a really tough spot against New Orleans defense. Um, if he stays around that 10% where we have him projected right now, I'd be okay uh, matching the field or getting slightly over on that just because of the talent. Well, I mean, he is like outside of maybe Kelsey, one of a one of a few tight ends in the league that should dominate the target share on his offense. Um, he's the wide receiver one, and he's a tight end, and he's 5,700. So 
he is someone that has the ceiling to put up 25 plus DK points. And I mean, he's, he's in play every week with this offense. We'll see how it works um, against this really tough defense. And I'm probably not going to be on as high on him, but I mean, he's going to be in lineups. I make every single week, every single week this year. We got Baltimore at New York facing the Jets. This game has a 44 and a half total. Baltimore a seven-point favorite. We talked about it kind of at the beginning. Dobbins questionable. That's one that we're kind of watching because they, I mean, they've come out and said they don't know if he's going to be ready or not. Um, he was still limited Wednesday. This potentially opens some stuff up, um, whether it be Drake or Hill. I mean, it's it's kind of questionable. We know Edwards isn't going to play. He's going to be out at least four games. They brought in some offensive linemen, so this offensive line should be even stronger this year. And they made their secondary stronger this year as well. Um, so Baltimore kind of made some defense offensive moves this offseason. What do we like here for the Ravens? I'm I'm very bullish on the Ravens offense this season. Uh, Lamar Jackson in a contract year. I think Lamar Jackson is my favorite quarterback play on the entire slate. Um, th- there's no running game here. He, he's going like, even if Dobbins plays, he was out all of last year. I don't think they're going to run him 20 times. Um, so they're going to spread it around in the backfield. I believe even if Dobbins is on the field, um, pretty much out on the Baltimore running game until we see Dobbins healthy, then I'll certainly have some interest there. The reason I'm not sure I'm going to get overweight on Kyle Pitts is because of Mark Andrews. You mentioned being a wide receiver one in your offense. Andrews is in that same mold. Um, He splits out wide all the time. He's a target hog. Uh, Mark Andrews is my favorite tight end play on the slate. Love pairing him with Lamar Jackson. And even the, the Baltimore wide receivers, this is a little bit, more difficult situation to figure out. Um, Rashad Bateman hasn't been able to stay on the field, but immense talent, first round pick coming out um, against a really weak Jets defense here. Um, I don't know that I want to double stack Lamar just because of his rushing ability kind of takes away the the passing upside. So I would pair him with Bateman or Andrews, uh, but I will be bo- overweight on, on both of those guys. And then secondary targets are really cheap too. And we don't exactly know who that's going to be. Um, So that adds an element. You should get any of these guys like, and these are deep GPP plays, obviously, but Duvernay, um, Tylen Wallace, they brought in Demarcus Robinson, not as excited about him, but Duvernay can certainly make some plays. Uh, Tylen Wallace, I'd I'd be willing to take some shots there just because we don't know exactly what we're going to see as far as the target tree goes. Um, but Bateman, one of my favorite plays on the slate, Mark Andrews is, is my top tight end on the slate. I'm, I'm very bullish on this Baltimore offense for the season. And especially week one here against this jets defense. Yeah. I mean, the jets, they went a little heavy on trying to make the secondary better this off season. It's, I mean, it's still a huge question mark. They allowed fourth most passing yards per game last year. So, I mean, this is definitely a spot. I like Lamar. Um, with you on Andrews. I love this spot for him. If you're paying up for tight end, I think he is the clear cut top option on this slate. And I mean, I have interest in Bateman. I really do. Um, I mean, I don't trust Mike Davis to do anything at running back. And I don't think Kenyon Drake is really going to know the offense. He was signed, what, a few days ago, a day ago. Like it's been a very short amount of time, whenever it was. So I just think this is a spot where, um, I mean, I guess it was last week, but it feels like two days ago when I read the news. But 
I think this is a spot where Lamar Andrews, whether you want to do that or if you want to get contrarian with your Lamar Jackson and just play some Bateman with it, I'm with you. I don't think I double stack because Lamar could have two rushing touchdowns in this game, but I like separate stacking Bateman and Andrews with Lamar in this one. So also there's no, go ahead. Just one other name I have to mention because he absolutely smashed in the preseason. I played a little preseason DFS and Isaiah likely was a, a sta- staple of my lineups. Like they've talked about lining this guy up at wide receiver. Uh, Baltimore also runs a ton of two tight end sets. Yeah. Um, just a very talented pass catcher, 2,500 on DK. Um, another millimaker type of play. Won't, won't have a ton, but just get 10% of them and you're way over the field. I think he, he's in play as well. And I will say this, um, with Zach Wilson out, I don't mind the Baltimore defense. They're definitely a defense I'm looking at um, potentially playing here. If I am playing Lamar, I'm not playing defense. I don't think that correlates very well. Um, I I definitely want a little bit more action for the Jets if I'm playing Lamar. So on non-Lamar teams, I definitely don't mind the Baltimore defense. But let's talk Jets. Joe Flacco getting the start here. I mean, we're not really expecting much from Joe Flacco in this game. Baltimore, like I said, their their secondary should be better this year. They've made some moves. Um, I don't know if it's still going to be like great. They were awful last year. What are your thoughts here on the Jets? It's really tough with Flacco at quarterback. Um, obviously, he's he's super cheap, but he offers no rushing upside. The target tree is is undecided. Um, obviously, Elijah Moore was a was a decent play last year. They're adding Garrett Wilson now, first-round pick. Um, I don't know that I'm taking any shots on them against Baltimore. Um, the the running back, uh, Brees Hall, I think is is the way to go. Um, not that like I don't expect the Jets to lead at any point in this game, um, but he he's 5,500. I don't mind the price tag. Um, I think he gets the majority of the work here. Um, should be pretty low owned, fair fair price. The passing game. Um, as far as the the backfield is concerned is kind of where I'm interested in. And I don't know exactly who that role goes to at this point. Um, but Brees Hall is certainly the most talented of, of the three backs. Um, I, I, I won't be playing Flacco. Uh, I would only be playing Jets wide receivers in a run back of, of Baltimore stacks. Yeah. And Hall with Iowa state, um, definitely better towards the end of his college career, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, I mean, that's my only concern with Hall is we know Carter can kind of catch the ball out of the backfield. We know Ty Johnson can catch the ball out of the backfield. So if they do get behind, do they lean on the rookie? I mean, he's super talented. And I mean, he's the starting running back for a reason. I expect him to have at least a 55 to 60% snapshot share in this game. Um, I think Hall is the play. My problem is I just don't know if the Jets are going to move the ball a ton in this game. I mean, that's my my biggest concern with the Jets, but it'd be Hall. And I mean, in, in large field tournaments, if you wanted to take a shot on Moore or Wilson, um, I wouldn't talk you off of it, but I'm not playing Flacco here by any means. Um, I mean, Moore is 51 and Wilson's 47. So like if you want a, a cheap mid-range type wide receiver that, you know, could be solid. But I mean, Garrett Wilson, they're very high on this dude. I mean, what was it? 10th pick overall. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of pays out, but all right, we got the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals here, 44 and a half total in this one, Cincinnati six and a half point favorite Pittsburgh. I mean, Johnson's questionable. He should play. They went out and they kind of 
made the defense even stronger and they, you know, buffed up this offensive line. I mean, Ben probably sitting at home going, where was that the last few years? Um, any interest here in Pittsburgh? I mean, they have so much talent with Harris and Deontay and Claypool and Fairmuth. I, I think everybody's biggest question mark is like, will this talent be okay with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback or not? Yeah, that, that's the big question. Um, I think Trubisky is a better quarterback than he's been given credit for. Uh, he got a really raw deal in Chicago with Nagy and what he was trying to do with that offense. Um, as a fan of the bears, it was, it was very ugly to watch. Um, I, that said, I don't want to play him here against Cincinnati. The Cincinnati defense, I think is one of the top defenses on the slate. And part of that is they're dealing with some injuries too. Like Deontay Johnson is questionable with a shoulder that was kind of quiet until this week. Um, Najee Harris that came out was dealing with a Liz Frank injury in his foot for most of the of training camp and the preseason. Now he did play the last um, preseason is, game. Yeah, he's good to go. He, he yeah, he should be good to go. Um, but if De- Deontay Johnson were limited, that's tough. I mean, Pickens looked really good in the preseason, and Claypool is still there, so they they have weapons. Even Fryermuth at tight end. Um, honestly, Fryermuth at tight end might be my favorite play of any of the pass catchers. Um, I just I'm not playing Johnson with that the questionable shoulder. Um, not a good enough spot, even if he was 100 percent healthy. Um, so Fryermuth, I think, would be a way to to run this back. I certainly want some Cincinnati. Um, maybe Claypool as well. Um, I'm not sure about Pickens. Looked really, like I said, looked really good in the preseason, but not sure how that translates to the the regular season. I like Harris a lot today or this weekend. Um, I'm I'm so used to baseball and saying today, but I, I like him a lot in this spot. I think that Cincinnati's not going to have any problem scoring, and Harris is someone that is a dual threat. He can get the targets out of the backfield. Tomlin's a smart coach. Does he draw up a lot of plays for easy Trubisky to Harris type plays? I think he does. So, you know, this is a guy that we we saw last year have five, seven targets in games. Um, That wasn't like crazy. I think against Cincinnati last year, he had like 14 catches or something ridiculous um, in that game. So Harris, his ceiling is just so high and he's under 7K. Um, We're looking at early week projected ownership around 13%. So, Harris is someone that's on my list for sure on full point PPR sites. Um, And if Johnson doesn't give it a go. So like when I did the injury report earlier today, that was before practice. And he came out and said, like, it did not sound confident. Yeah, Um, no, his comments were were very concerning. Yeah. So if he's out, I have a ton of interest in Claypool and Fairmuth. Um, Because I, I think like I'm with you. I think Trubisky got a little bit of a fair deal. But also, I like Burrow, and I like the Cincinnati offense in this game, um, and I like this game to be competitive because of Pittsburgh's defense. So, you know, I'm looking for runback options. I don't think I'm playing Mitch Trubisky in this spot. Um, there's a cheap quarterback that I like that we'll talk about when we get there. But let's talk about the Cincinnati um, offense here. Higgins is questionable they really focused on making this O-line better this offseason. So, I mean, that's a good thing for Joe Burrow, especially against this Pittsburgh defense. But, I mean, Mixon's going to get a majority of the rushing attempts here. Chase and Higgins are just beast. But the the thing that I want to bring up, Hayden Hurst is going to make a difference in this offense, and he's super interesting. 
don't know how much I'll play him week one, but he's someone that I'm going to be paying attention to a lot here in the first few weeks of the football season. What are your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I think they're a top five offense in the NFL. Um, Pittsburgh, a solid defense, but I don't know that I'm that scared of them. Um, I like Mixon a lot. A lot of the favorites on this uh, slate are actually road teams. Cincinnati is one of the few home favorites. Um, we always like targeting home favorite running backs. Mixon, one of the, the most talented backs, has a has a great share of the rushing, like you mentioned. So I think he he's a fantastic play. But I want some of this passing game, too. Um, Jamar Chase, obviously one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, makes for a, an easy stack with Burrow. Um, wasn't expecting the Hayden Hurst call, but I, I don't mind it. Um, I definitely in this in this offense, I think there are going to be multiple pieces playable every single week. Um, this week is certainly no difference. I'm I'm not sure I'm confident enough in the Steelers offense to keep it as close. So if I had to to pick between the passing offense and and Mixon, I I have probably more exposure to Mixon, um, but I'll certainly have some Burrow stacks as well. Definitely one of the top offenses in the NFL. This is one of those rare um, spots too, where you could play both running backs from the same game um, because of Harris's yep. ability to catch balls out of the backfield, because of Mixon's ability to catch balls out of the backfield, and I mean, we're projecting Mixon to have 18 carries in this game alone without any catches. So, I mean, you could play both running backs here. You could stack Burrow Chase. You could stack Burrow Higgins and run it back with Harris. Um, I think Harris is probably the best run back option from Pittsburgh and his price is super fair. So definitely like this um, potential game stack on the DFS side of things. Patriots and Dolphins game currently at 46 and a half Miami a three and a half point favorite. Myers is questionable for New England we'll have to kind of see how that all plays out if he plays or not um honestly probably don't have a ton of interest in him regardless but he is 4300 and he was a double digit fantasy machine last year just didn't have a ton of touchdowns um and I mean touchdowns not overly fluky but definitely something you can see some positive regression in um what are your thoughts here on the patriots really no interest in the patriots honestly um i just like they're they're gonna try to run the ball i don't know that they're gonna have a ton of success it's not like one guy is gonna get um but like i think harris and stevenson will, will split fairly equally um so it makes it tough to play either of them um I don't. I like Miami to win this game pretty pretty handily, honestly. So I, I like the Miami side of this. I, I'm not seeing a lot of targets on the Patriots side. Um, like I just don't trust Mac Jones in the passing game, and the running back situation is a split where I'm just not sure I'm I want to target it at all. If you're stacking Miami, I don't know how many people will be stacking Miami, but I mean you could potentially run it back with Stevenson um, if they get behind. I think he gets a lot of the um, pass catching work out of the backfield. The guy I really like for the Patriots is Devontae Parker. Um, I've read every good thing that you want to read from the coaching staff for New England about Parker. And the, I mean, they got him at a steal. Devontae Parker is very, very talented. He just couldn't stay healthy in Miami. Um, so he is definitely going to have a chip on his shoulder for this game going up against his former team. But I just, with Myers banged up, I could see Parker getting like 25 to 30% of the target share in this game 
And at 4,800, I mean, that's what we're kind of looking for. So a touchdown, these off the races. I mean, it was a good sign that he got that preseason start with the starters and then he got pulled with the starters and Mac Jones was, you know, looking at him early. So Parker is someone that I'm potentially looking at here for the Patriots, but not a ton of interest in the Patriots. I kind of like the Miami defense and definitely like Miami minus three and a half for sure. Um, the Dolphins, I mean, it's so hard for me because I'm a Dolphins fan to not be excited about this team. Waddle's banged up. That's something we're concerned with a little bit, but it doesn't sound like it's a huge issue. Mike McDaniel, the new coach here, very offensive-minded coach. Um, I mean, they made their defense better than it was last year. And obviously, some of the biggest news that we had this offseason was Tyree Kill coming in here. And um, Miami's fast. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are two of the fastest running or wide receivers in the NFL, and they're on the same team now. Um, who knows what this wide receiver target share is going to be because you got Kaseki too. But I think Miami is pretty clear cut who you're targeting if you are targeting these guys. You're targeting Hill, you're targeting Waddle, and you're targeting Kaseki. I don't think you want to touch the running back situation because Chase Edmonds is probably going to be the starter, but how much is Mozart going to play? How much is Gaston's going to play? Do I really want to play Tua? Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to the offense for Miami? Yeah, I, I have interest in this spot, um, and I agree it's the passing game that I'm targeting. I thought Tua might be the cheap quarterback that you were talking about, um, just knowing your Dolphins fans root, fan root. Listen, um, everybody's so excited <laughs> about it. I watched him throw that preseason pass where he underthrew Tyreek Hill by 10 <laughs> yards, and I'm like, I can't get too excited yet. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, with – Waddle popping up on the injury report, that makes me have a lot of interest in Tyreek Hill. Yep. I, I don't think Waddle's in danger of missing this game necessarily, but even if he's limited, like Tyreek Hill could already be a target monster in this offense. Um, like you said, it's we'll, it'll be determined how it's broken down because Waddle was a target monster last year. Um, I could see like Waddle taking a deep threat role and Tyreek running more of the underneath stuff, kind of like he was doing in the second half of the season uh, for Kansas City last year. So it'll be interesting to watch that play out. But Tyreek Hill is the one that that we know is healthy. Um, he's their their shiny new toy in town. I think he's going to be featured in Week One here. I have a ton of interest in Tyreek Hill, and it's not. I don't even need to stack him with with Tua necessarily because if Waddle is banged up, um, I think pretty much I can get most of the production just by playing Tyreek. Yeah. Um... I like Tyreek Hill a lot. If Waddle plays, I have interest in him. Um, I will say, again, I did the injury report this morning. <clears throat> Edmonds and Gaskin were, were both limited Wednesday. And, I mean, Edmonds is a groin and Gaskin's is um, a neck. If both of those guys were to sit, then I'd have interest in Mozart at um, 4,800. Just because, I mean, he'd be in a lead back role and his backup would be Ahmed who they love just using kind of in the passing game. He doesn't, I mean, this is a guy that usually gets maybe five to six, seven carries a game. So, and we know like um, Mozart is good. It's just staying healthy when he was with San Francisco. All right. Very optimistic, by the way, on my dolphins this year, very optimistic. So much speed in the defense is so good. And we, we should mention like the dolphins defense definitely in play um, against yeah, the Patriots. Totally here. agree with. Yep. All right, moving on, we got Jacksonville at Washington. This game, 43.5 total. Washington, a 2.5-point favorites. 
Uh, Jacksonville, I mean, new head coach, Doug Peterson, a uh, lot of offseason moves. This team made a lot of offseason moves. Um, I mean, we have Evan Ingram playing tight end, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones playing wide receiver, maybe some Zay Jones. Is Trevor Lawrence going to take the next step, I think, is the question mark here. Um, what are your thoughts on the Jags? I have interest here. Um, I, they're a team that I, I do like to take a step forward this year. Uh, Christian Kirk looks outstanding. Uh, his price is very attractive. Um, so Christian Kirk would be my primary target here. The Washington defense, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. Um, so this is a, a lukewarm spot for me. But the the price on Christian Kirk and what I think his role is going to be in this offense, I'm very interested in. Um, they paid this guy a ton of money. I think they're going to come out here and and try to prove that he was worth it. Um, I think he'll be heavily targeted. Um, I, I don't know that I'm playing Lawrence with him. Just be, I'm, I, I think the the upside from the top tier of quarterbacks is, is so much that, that paying down for quarterback isn't as much of a thing as it used to be a couple of years ago. Um, the, the running back situation I'm, I'm not terribly interested in ETN looks like he's picking up a fair amount of ownership. I'll probably let other people chase that coming back from an injury. Um, James Robinson, I only want really in a, when they're, when they're playing from ahead. So not very interested there either. Um, yeah, I mean Christian Kirk is the primary target here. I'll I'll have significant exposure to him. I'm not sure how much of of the rest of the Jags I'll get to. It, I mean, in large field tournaments, I think you could definitely take a shot on Lawrence Kirk combo. Um, there's some options you could potentially run it back with Washington. And I will say, like <clears throat> the Washington like defense should be around the same. I mean, they didn't make a ton of defensive moves. Um, yeah, especially until Chase Young comes back. I think he's yeah. out for the first four weeks. Um, so without yep. Chase Young, it's not really a defense to be afraid of. Yeah, so I mean, if Lawrence is going to take the step, this guy has ability to get rushing yards and rushing touchdowns too. So he's someone that could potentially put up 20-plus. He only did it a few times last year, but, I mean, Washington Commanders, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Christian Kirk, by far my favorite target here. Um, and – I don't mind maybe taking a shot on Lawrence in large field tournaments as like a pairing, but on the Washington side going up against Jacksonville is, I mean, this is a really interesting spot. You know, they're home favorites here. They have a 23 implied team total. They've drafted Dotson. How much is that going to help or hurt McLaurin? Um, is kind of a question. Sims is banged up with a concussion. We don't know if he's going to play Robinson's out. And Thomas is questionable. So I think we're looking at like Wentz looking at McLaurin and Dotson and Antonio Gibson getting a majority of the work here at running back with McKisnick kind of as like the third down back. Um, What are your thoughts here on Washington? Yeah, Gibson is kind of back in our lives. It looked like Robinson was kind of overtaking that role until the, the unfortunate incident. Now it seems to be Gibson's backfield. So I, I have to have interest here. Another home favorite here in Washington. Um, the price is fair. I don't know that McKissick is a guy they would hand the ball off to a ton. Like you said, he's kind of the third down back. They love to throw it to him. But the early down work should be Gibson's. Um, so I have interest here. The passing game, not as much. Um, 
I love Terry McLaurin as, as a talent. I'm just not sure. I need to see it out of Carson Wentz. Um, it looked really bad in the second half of last year. I probably just lean more on Gibson. I, I absolutely love the Gibson Kirk um, mini stack, like just without playing a quarterback at all, um, just as cor- secondary correlation in my lineups. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my favorite way to play the game, play Gibson and play Kirk as a, a run back on the other side. We have no idea what this Jacksonville defense is going to look like. I mean, it's going to be, there's a lot of new pieces on both sides of the ball for Jacksonville this year. So offensive line, defensive line, all that stuff. So, I mean, I like Gibson a lot. I have more interest in McLaurin than you. I don't expect him to get really any ownership here because of his price. He's projected right now for 5%. I just, I think he's going to get a majority of the targets. I think he's someone, Wentz, when he locks in on somebody too, I mean, this is easily a guy that could get, you know, 10 to 15 targets in this game. So I have more interest in Terry than you do. Um, But overall, I mean, secondary stack was a great call um looking at like one piece from each side of this game pairing it together um as part of a secondary stack it's one of my favorite things to do in nfl all right we got the 49ers and the bears dub bears <laughs> 40 and a half total in this game san francisco's seven point favorite debo is questionable but it sounds like he's expected to play um so, I mean, this defense for 49ers should be better this year. They made some moves, but they're run blocking, missing two main pieces from the years past here with the run blocking for 49ers, which I don't know how that I don't know how it makes me feel because I mean Elijah Mitchell has talent. It's just I don't know. We'll have to kind of see how this plays out. But I mean, Mac being gone in Chicago kind of helps that as well. What are your thoughts here with the 49ers? I don't really know. I don't know that I can trust Trey Lance. Um, it, it seems like the the field, or at least that's what we're projecting right now, is kind of feeling the same way. But he did not look great in the preseason. I think everybody was excited once he – it seemed like he was getting that job. He was a very popular play. Now that Garoppolo is kind of still hanging around, people have kind of soured on Trey Lance. I don't know that I love this spot going into Chicago. Um, the, the Chicago defense is, is definitely not what it used to be. Uh, you mentioned the loss of Mac. They also lost the Keem Hicks, who was a, a big player on that defensive line, but they did spend their first two draft picks on set on secondary members. Their secondary should be much improved. Um, so I think I'd target the running game here, uh, and just kind of take a wait and see approach on Lance. The price is fair. Um, and I mean, I, I Samuel and Ayuk are, are certainly talented. Quiddle, uh, Kittle did pop up on the injury report too. I'm not sure if you saw that today, but that looked like, yeah. yeah, fairly significant there. Kittle might actually miss this game. Um, Kittle is also like the top run blocking tight end in the entire league, also. So that just brings even more question into this game. Like the more I think about, like this is the lowest total on the board. This might just be a complete stay away spot for me. Uh, it could be a really ugly game on both sides. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know where I'm at on, on San Francisco. If I'm playing a side, it's going to be San Francisco for sure. Um, I just don't know how much interest I have at this point. And one other thing to kind of note here is this is two of the slowest paced teams in the NFL last year. Yeah. So that worries me too. I think it's one of those like rare 
times that you could potentially play Trey Lance by himself. Play a quarterback naked. Um, my problem is like the other side, it's like, who do I play for Chicago running it back? Um, do I really want to play Trey Lance by himself? But I mean, this is a dude that can run the ball 10 plus times and get 50, 60, 70 yards. Um, so it's kind of a weird like instance, but I mean, going to the Chicago side, <laughs> it, David Montgomery is David Montgomery. Um, the, the offensive line is so bad. Um, uh, Justin Fields is going to be running for his life all game. They didn't make that offensive line any better. It's It really seems like they're in punt mode. Pringle might not play. What are your thoughts here on the Bears? Yeah, a complete avoid for me on the Chicago side. Um, like, they're really high on left tackle Braxton Jones, who's a fifth-round rookie. Um, going against Bosa, that is probably not going to work out well here it's not. in week one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so despite all the optimism I read, I, I'm not optimistic for this spot at all. Um, Mooney, I think, found ways to get it done last year. If you're running it back, I'd go Mooney. Komet is a, an option as a cheap tight end. But I'm I'm certainly not looking to to stack Chicago here. Um, it'd be runbacks only for me. Velas Jones is an interesting punt wide receiver if he's not picking up any ownership. Um, I think they scheme plays. Uh, if you like, they did some things with Jakeem Grant and even Demir Bird last year, where they just they had gadget plays in there for them. I think Velas Jones is the guy that they designed those plays for this year. Um, so as a punt wide receiver, I don't mind him. Uh, but yeah, not not very much interested in the Chicago side at all. I mean, they're going to try to pound the rock with Montgomery. I just don't think it's going to go very well. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Mooney is going to get a large margin, a large percentage of the target share here. So if you want to play him, sure. I did read a lot this offseason about like the young quarterback like relying on Cole Komet a little bit more. So if you want to try to get ahead of that and take some shots on Cole Komet, he's 3700 He's not overly expensive. He got a lot of consistent targets last year. It's just, I mean, the touchdowns were the biggest thing for him. You know, when you're not scoring touchdowns, it's huge. I don't think, did he score a touchdown last year? I don't think he did, right? He might have had one or two, but yeah, Jimmy Graham was like, every time they got into the red zone, like Jimmy Graham would just go post up and they'd throw it up to him. So um, maybe a little more touchdown equity this year with Jimmy Graham off the team. Um, yeah, he did yeah, not score he, a touchdown last year. Komet did not score a touchdown. It's crazy. Hey, Jimmy Graham's not here, so maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, so we we talked about like we talked about Andrews and Pitts being like number one wide receiver tight end type plays. Komet's gonna be the second target option here behind Mooney, and there's going to be some games where he's the number one guy over Mooney. If we're expecting Chicago to be down, they're going to be down a lot this year. Um, I mean, Komet is definitely someone you could take some shots on here. So I'm actually higher on him than I was 30 minutes ago. So, um, yep, I like that call, but yeah, I just don't, I don't Mooney's 5,700 Mooney's definitely more playable if Pringle doesn't play, but we'll have yeah. to kind of, I yeah, guess I, mean, I, I think he's, he's even play he's, either way. He's just, off he, the injury report. So he's gonna, he, yeah, he's going to play. Yeah. Mooney had such a, a huge target share last year, though. I think he's he's still in play. It, it's an uncomfortable price to pay for a receiver on such a bad offense. 
Um, but he he legitimately could be in that 20, 25% range of targets. Um, both defenses certainly in play too. We should mention that. Definitely in play on the San Francisco side. I don't know how much I love the Chicago defense. I need to see what this defense is going to look like without Mac. I mean, he was a huge, huge driving force in that defense. And yeah, I mean, they're in play for sure. Um, but not my favorite defense. Cleveland at Carolina, 41 and a half total here. Carolina, a one and a half point favorite. Obviously, no Watson in this game. He's out. Uh, expect the Cleveland defense to be really strong again. Wide receiver core looks a little bit different here with Amari Cooper. We should see Peoples-Jones take a little bit of a step forward here. How much is David Bell going to play? Najoku, Bryant still at tight end, and Chubb and Hunt. I mean, still kind of like a two-headed monster out of the backfield. Biggest thing here is, I mean, we got Jacoby Brissett starting. What are your thoughts here on Cleveland? Yeah, probably one of the strongest rosters in the NFL minus the quarterback position, but that that's a pretty important position uh, in the NFL these days. So definite downgrade to the entire offense. Um, I don't, I, I don't think I can play a pass catcher that's attached to Jacoby Brissett. So I would be looking at the running game. Um, Carolina is a short favorite here. So Cleveland controlling the game is not out of the question. I don't know that it's all that likely with Brissett. It's it basically boils down to can Carolina stop Chubb to begin the game and get out to a lead, which would force them in into throwing a little bit more. And then I, I would have some slight interest in Kareem Hunt. Um I I'm higher on Carolina than the market, I would say. I think Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than he's been given credit for. I think he's been dealing with injuries over the past couple of years. So I think Carolina wins this game pretty easily. Um for that reason, it makes it really tough for me to play Nick Chubb. I think he's one of the best backs in the NFL, but he doesn't have the passing down roll that we need for fantasy in a in a trailing game script. So I'll, I'll be underweight on Nick Chubb. Maybe that means I'm a little bit overweight on Kareem Hunt. I think it all depends on how you kind of project this game to go. Um, yep. Like Keith was just saying, like if you think Carolina gets out in this game and, you know, gets up by two touchdowns and you got to have some Kareem Hunt, um, if you think that the Cleveland defense is good enough to stop Baker Mayfield and this offense, then play Cleveland defense with some Nick Chubb because that's how Nick Chubb's going to get there by the defense playing really well and Chubb moving the ball and keeping the ball out of Carolina's hands. So um, definitely different ways to attack this game. It's all game script dependent. So that's where you got to use your groups and, you know, when you're building DFS lineups, make sure your correlation is positive here. Um, you don't want to play Hunt in the Cleveland defense. That's probably not going to work for you. So, uh, other side, you know, Baker Mayfield, fifty three hundred here. Cleveland defense is really good. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Carolina kind of beefed up this offensive line, which should be really good for Baker Mayfield in general. Um, I think Baker Mayfield's the guy. I don't really think Sam Darnold plays quarterback at all unless Baker Mayfield gets hurt here. Um. He has good options with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson around him. They picked up, like, low-key picked up Chenault. We'll see how that kind of, I mean, he's someone that, like, wide receiver screens and stuff could be a huge factor in this offense that they really gave nothing for. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Carolina? Yeah, I, I mentioned being higher on Carolina, but this is a, a really tough defense. Um, Christian McCaffrey is healthy. 
for now. Um, so you certainly can can play him. Um, one of the best fantasy producers in the league, if not the best. Um, I will certainly have my exposure to him. DJ Moore, I also have interest in um, just because of the targets he can can garner. I don't know that they put up a ton of points here. So I, I don't have like Robbie Anderson. I'm not terribly interested in. Terrace Marshall was given opportunities last year and, and just couldn't get it done. And then Chenault being in the fold now, um, even more reason to be off of Marshall. So it, it's McCaffrey mainly, a, a little bit of DJ Moore, just because he can he could really take over a lot of the targets here. Um, I don't, I'd be curious to see how they use Chenault. I'm a little bit worried about that for instead of dumping it off to McCaffrey so much, maybe they use him to kind of curtail McCaffrey's workload a little bit. Um, running screen passes to Chenault rather than the the running back dump offs that were so popular and make McCaffrey such a valuable fantasy asset. So a little bit concerned about that with McCaffrey, but um, should, should still have a fine role. Um, McCaffrey's the play here, a little bit of DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even hate taking a shot on Baker Mayfield. Um, I feel like he's going to come up fired up for this game. I mean, yeah. talk about a chip on your shoulder um there's a huge chip on baker mayfield's shoulder here like all those commercials that he made in the cleveland browns home like (laughs) yeah no i i mean i'm not a huge narrative person i do think narrative in basketball is like the sport you really want to target narrative because the guys have the ball in their hands well quarterbacks in the nfl have the ball in their hands too and i mean this is a spot where baker mayfield could have a monster game so i'll definitely have some Mayfield and DJ Moore stacks. I'll have some Baker and C-Max stacks. Um, one of those rare times where you could stack a quarterback with a running back because he's he's a running back that can get 10 catches in a game. He just does it like he does it against everybody. Good defense, bad defense. It doesn't matter. When Christian yep. McCaffrey is healthy, he's just a monster. Uh, cruising along here, we got the Colts and the Texans. 46 and a half total in this game. The Colts, a seven and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, the Colts defense got a little bit stronger. Matt Ryan at quarterback this year for the Colts. I think he's going to be more of a potential game manager. I think they're going to do everything they can with Jonathan Taylor to kind of do his thing. Um, But here's the thing. The Houston defense is awful. And Matt Ryan is not the best, but he's not the worst. Is he over the hill? We're going to find out real quick here. Um, he doesn't, I mean, indoors, great matchup, options around him. The run game should open up things for him like it never did in Atlanta. We're going to see what Matt Ryan has left in the tank here. Um, Matt Ryan is a guy that's capable of 30-plus fantasy points. This is my cheap quarterback that I really like this week. Um, him and Pittman, whether you want to do that, what do you want to do? Pierce. Um, I love Jonathan Taylor in this game. He's my top running back on the slate. I love the Colts offense in this game. I think they absolutely crushed this game. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, Michael Pittman's price is perhaps the the most he's might be the most mispriced player on the slate on DraftKings at 5,500. Um, this is a true wide receiver one who has a massive target share. It could be like a, a 30%. Fantastic- yeah, yeah, it, it could be. Um, my only concern is that they just absolutely truck Houston and it's the Jonathan Taylor show all game long. Um, we kind of saw that last season. 
Um, he ran for something like 300 and something yards against them in two games uh, with like, I don't know, a, a ton of touchdowns, like a handful, more more than four. Um, so he, he just absolutely crushed this Houston team last year. I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor, but like you said, because Houston knows that obviously you'd think they would try to game plan and take that, that away. Um, Pittman is entirely underpriced. Um, you can use some Matt Ryan with him too. I, I don't hate that call. I think it's a pretty concentrated tree in as far as the passing game goes. Um, I think Pittman is the major benefactor here. So it's a pretty easy stack. Um, it's also like Pittman's going to be popular because of his price, but Taylor's going to be popular as well. So you get some leverage on the Taylor teams if you want to stack Ryan and Pittman. Like I said, Taylor is my top running back on the entire slate. I love this spot for him. I never play more than 50% of a running back. and I've never played more than 50% of really any player in the NFL when I'm building teams. So I'm going to have some Ryan Pittman kind of, I wouldn't even call them hedge teams. I just call them more of like, where can I get different on an offense that is sitting at a 27 implied team total, which is one of the highest on the slate in a great spot against one of the worst defenses. Well, Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman is where I get different. Like Matt Ryan locks in on a wide receiver. We saw how many times with Julio Jones. Um, Pittman is very, very talented. I'm very high on him on best balls this year. So, but the Houston side is the interesting part too, right? Because I mean, Davis Mills, not great. We don't expect big things from Davis Mills. Well, I don't anyway, but cooks is so talented that with his target share that he's going to have in this offense and the shaky Colts secondary, I mean, they, they got better. They made some moves. Don't get me wrong. They're going to still be shaky. Cooks is someone you could run this stack back with, whether it be Taylor or Pittman type stacks that, I mean, I like Cooks a lot this week. Um, I hate it, but I, I love it. Uh, it's one of those hate-love relationships. <laughs> I, I could see him having a monster game here. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that as well. Um, I definitely recall several times last year where I stacked the team playing against Houston. They went off and had cooks on the other side and that didn't quite work out um, just because their quarterback play has been so bad. Um, Many times that it did work out too, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. cooks definitely has a, a massive target share. So uh, he, he's the clear bring back. I think Damian Pierce is in play as well. Not because I think he's going to, that Houston has a chance to lead this game or anything, but because of his price, like he's a true number one running back at 4,800. Um not sure what his passing game role looks like with Rex Burkhead there, um, but just as as the lead back at forty eight hundred, I I think you could take some shots there. If he falls in the end zone, you're you're definitely on your way. Um, but yeah, it, it's really Cooks and Pierce are the only Houston pieces I have interest in. Yeah, I mean, if you think it's... one more, Bre- Brevin Jordan at tight end is another guy. Like he is a pass catching tight end at thirty one hundred. Um, if Houston is down big, they go super pass heavy. I could see him being in play as well. Yeah, I don't hate that. Young quarterback always kind of relying on easier options. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really high on this game. Really high on this game. We'll see how it plays out. Philadelphia at Detroit, 48 and a half total in this one. Philadelphia, four point favorite. This is a game that already a lot of people are talking about this game. And I mean, for good reason. 
phenomenal um, DFS game. If Jared Goff just shows up a little bit in this game, this game has so much potential. On the Philadelphia side, man, um, if Jalen Hurts doesn't have a good year this year, <laughs> you know, it's done. It, it's tough because, I mean, the running back trio with Scott Gainwell and Sanders, they're going to use all those guys. But now he has AJ Brown with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, a great tight end. Um, Definitely going to be running some stacks here of Philadelphia. And I mean, where we've talked about some offense where there's like clear cut stacks, you're going to have to build multiple Philadelphia stacks because it's hurts the sand or hurts the Brown hurts the Smith hurts the Goddard. Could you potentially triple stack? I think this is one of the spots where you actually can triple stack um, because of Goddard's ability to score so much as a tight end. So don't know if I go Brown Smith hurts, but I could see going hurts one wide receiver, one tight end. What are your thoughts here in Philly? Yeah, I think you broke it down really well. This is a fantastic spot um, for Philly. Hertz is underpriced. One of the top quarterback plays on the slate. Um, and then trying to figure out who to pair him with is, is going to be the interesting thing. How does AJ Brown uh, um, affect Devonte Smith's production from last year? Does, does A.J. Brown walk right in as the wide receiver one, or does Smith's uh, rapport that he's built up with Hurts over the last season kind of show through and, and he leads? So I definitely want to, want exposure to both of them. I probably don't play both wide receivers together, like you mentioned. I, I'd go one wide receiver, one tight end, and and be fine with that stack. Um, One thing to note is Philadelphia's usage over the second half of last season. They went extremely run heavy. Um. I don't know that they continue that this season. I tend to think they, they lean a little bit more pass heavy, um, which helps this whole stack and the situation play out. Like this is a, a fantastic matchup against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, I think that the fact that it's not a clear cut stack makes it more intriguing. I, I think there are, there are several ways to do it. I don't know what the, what the right way is, but I'll, I'll have exposure to certainly hurts and all three pass catchers. I have a little exposure to Miles Sanders, too, just because I do think Hurts will be popular. And, I mean, Detroit run defense was terrible. Don't think their run defense is going to be any better this year by any means. This game's indoors. Sanders seems healthy. Uh, full practice Wednesday. That hamstring thing never really seemed like it was a thing. It just seemed like he wasn't really going to play a lot in preseason anyway. So, I I'll have some Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is very, very talented. It's just health reasons. Like, when he has those games where he gets 16 to 20 touches, he can put up big games, and he's not someone that scores a ton of touchdowns. So when he has a touchdown, it's huge games. I don't think he scored a touchdown last year either. Um, here, Here's the question, right? Running it back um, is the question. I mean, the Philly run defense should be better this year than it was last year. They made some offseason moves. Um I, I don't ever mind playing DeAndre Swift. He's very, very talented. I think this is a, a potential spot where, like, Brown takes a step forward. They brought in DJ Chark. Hawkinson's a great tight end. It, it really is, like what I said, Keith, like, what Jared Goff are we going to get today? Yeah, I'm I'm really high on this Detroit offense. I think they're, the skill positions players are, are outstanding. Swift is a really talented back. Amon Ross St. Brown 
really showed out for a, a significant stretch of games last season before he got hurt. TJ Hawkinson was on his way to a breakout before he got hurt. Um, I, there's some talented talent on this on this Detroit offense. Can their quarterback get it to him? I mean, they showed at times last year that that he was able to do that. So I definitely want to run it back. If I'm if I'm double stacking Philly, I'm certainly running it back. Um, it's Swift, St. Brown, and Hawkinson are, are the primary three. I'm not super high on, on DJ Shark. I think St. Brown is is the target leader in this offense. And and I think Hawkinson is right there with him. So those are the two I'm looking at. Um probably won't have much shark, but St. Brown, Hawkinson, I certainly love. Um, and don't hate DeAndre Swift either. I, I love St. Brown. You know, we saw how much money did like St. Brown make us at the end of last year? They just were, they seemed like the Detroit Lions were in shootouts every single week to finish he had the year. 10 plus targets for, I want to say it was six weeks in a row. I yeah, think it, was. It, it was wild. Um, yeah. It was six weeks in a row, and he had touchdowns in four straight games to finish the year. So, like Jared Goff's guy is going to be St. Brown. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I would rank him if I had to rank like the pass catchers here, it'd be Brown, Hawkinson, then Chark. But I do expect Chark to start and I do expect him to have lower ownership. Swift, like we said, always in play. Um, he's someone that can catch the ball out of the backfield. They still have Jamal Williams there, which always worries me for like goal line carry stuff. Um, I mean, this is a guy can goal line steal from us but i mean this is a this is a solid game that's why a lot of people are talking about it It has one of the highest totals on the slate and yeah i mean a great game to target for dfs purposes all right we got las vegas raiders los angeles chargers 52 total here chargers a three and a half point favorite by far by far my favorite game on this slate. Um, we've talked about a lot of games. I really like the Kansas City Arizona game too. We have really strong four o'clock games to start the year. Um, Green Bay, Minnesota. You're not winning a Millie Maker if you stack the early games, likely. <laughs> um, there's a lot of plays here. So let's start with the Raiders. Derek Carr is in a position that he has so many options now. What is Devontae Adam going to look like? Well, I'm going to tell you what he's going to look like. He's going to be looking at 10 plus targets a game. He's going to be the guy. They're going to use Renfro underneath. They're going to use Waller, but it is no question in my mind that Devontae Adams is going to be the guy for this offense. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Um, I don't know that it's quite as significant a share as he had in Green Bay, but it's still 20% plus easily, um, probably approaching 25. Um, Renfro and Waller are super talented and a bit underrated in their own right. But Adams is among the best in the NFL. So I, I agree. He's the one that, that rises to the top here. Um, th Like this Las Vegas offense could be scary good. Um, And it's the passing game. I have no interest in, in the running game whatsoever. Nope. Um, it's, it's Adams, a little bit of Renfro and, and Waller. Um, Adams and Waller mainly. Uh, and I'll play some Derek Carr with them because I think they are both absolutely elite pass catchers. Um, I love, I'm not terribly afraid of this Chargers defense. I think they did improve a little bit. Um, but this, I expect this to be a really fast paced game. It has shootout written all over it. I agree. One, one of my favorite games on the slate. I think Loki, something that 
yeah, this game's getting talked about a ton, and it should. Josh McDaniels is a very offensive-minded coach. And, yeah, I mean, Jacobs, could he have a good game? Yeah, I mean, Jacobs is someone that could score two touchdowns in the game. He's going to be 1% owned. Um, the options here are Adams, Renfro, and Waller. I love the Renfro play. Like, Adams is going to be, like, the chalky guy um, of this offense. Like, we have him projected for 12%. I think he probably goes over 15% by the end of the week as far as projected ownership. This game, the total is so high that it's going to have a lot of love. Um, Renfro, if he stays around like that 5% mark, great pivot option. Derek Carr in play. Derek Carr in play. Under 6K, he's someone that could throw three-plus touchdowns in this game. So Derek Carr in play as well. Uh, the Chargers. I mean the Chargers. I think the Chargers win the Super Bowl this year. Um I really do. We'll see how it kind of plays out. Man, JC Jackson and Matt coming over here to the Chargers defense going to make them a much better defense. Worries me a little bit about the Raiders offense, but I think this game week one, and this game has a shootout written all over it. Um, Eckler is the guy. He's expensive. It's 8,200. We have a lot of options at um, running back. He's okay. Not my favorite, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely Herbert-type stacks with these guys running it back with Adams or Renfro or Waller. Like, this game, DFS-wise, just has so many good possibilities. Yeah, absolutely great options all over the Chargers. The one thing, like, if you're stacking Adams and then running a Herbert-Keenan Allen stack, that gets expensive in a hurry. Um, so I do like some of the pivots on the Chargers side here that are cheaper. Josh Palmer has kind of gained steam as a, a guy that's absolutely won the third wide receiver role. Um, he kind of rotated a little bit with Jalen Guyton last season, um, but seems like he's going, going to be the guy as the third wide receiver in this offense. He's 3,800, so I don't mind him as a punt option. And Gerald Everett is 3,800. Um, we saw Jared Cook have some success in this offense last year. Everett is a more talented guy than Jer Jared Cook at what 36 or 38 years old whatever he was last season um I could see Everett really having success in this offense um obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are and and Austin Eckler as well absolutely elite targets but I kind of like saving like I want one of those guys and then pair it with with a cheap Palmer or or a cheap um Everett I think is is the way I want to play this and then more than likely use the run back on the on the Raiders side yeah, I love that call. Um, looking at Everett, um, I like the Everett call more than the Palmer call. But I mean, I don't hate it. He's thirty eight hundred. Um, if he has four or five catches and has a touchdown, he scored plenty of touchdowns last year too. Um, they do design plenty of plays for him, so I don't hate that. Um, I gosh, man, I think Mike Williams is just he is prime for a big year he really is i mean he had a good year last year and Allen is just going to be your consistent guy i think at the end of the day williams has more ceiling than Allen right now um yep. i mean yeah great spot great game to target um great game to target for sure green bay at minnesota taking on the vikings 47 total in this game, Green Bay, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, Green Bay, definitely 
<laughs> way different looking Green Bay without Devontae Adams. Um, I mean, Rodgers is so good. Lazard did not practice again Wednesday with the ankle. Um, that could be huge news because if he were to sit like Sammy Watkins, Sammy talk. Watkins we love that. Talk, um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind Randall Cobb, but I think Toynian, Tanyan, if he plays like he's still questionable, right? With the knee. Yeah. yeah I mean, if he doesn't play, whew, who knows what we're looking at here for green Bay. What are we looking at? I mean, Aaron Jones obviously is someone that's going to get some work. Um, Green Bay invested a lot in defense in the draft. So, I mean, offensive wise, we're, we know what we're looking at. Um, I mean, Minnesota tried to make their front seven better. They got a new head coach as well. Like what are we doing here with the Packers? Yeah. I'm trying to figure, figure out what I want to play here from green Bay, because I, I really like the other side of this game. I like the, the overall game environment in general. Um, we'll talk about Minnesota and, and their new coach in a second. I don't necessarily want to play Rogers because I prefer the Minnesota side of this game. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, might be the answer. Um, very talented pass catching back. I think he has more upside than A.J. Dillon because of his pass catching ability. Dillon's capable as well, but I think Jones is the clear guy that they would lean on if they were if they were down big. The, and the receivers, I just don't know what to do with. Um, like, I don't like the price on Lazard, especially dealing with an injury. I just I don't trust the talent enough. Uh, Sammy Watkins is never a guy that I can trust. Christian Watson is a rookie who's missed the majority of camp. Um, and I just, I, we don't know what their depth chart looks like here. So right now I'm leaning Aaron Jones as, as the guy I'm using from green Bay. Uh, just don't know what to do with the wide receivers. I think Jones has the most upside as far as a pass catching back. So that's where I'm looking for green Bay. Do you want to know who I think has the most upside for green Bay? Christian Watkins, 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 Watson, 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 yeah. Watson. Um, I'm tired. It is late on the East Coast. It's been a long day. I don't know what I was reading, but I like him a lot. I mean, I expect him to start if Lazard doesn't play. I think there's roads for him to start even if Lazard does play. Um, I mean, this is a dude they were very high on in the draft. Was he 34th pick or something? Um, yeah, early second for sure. I mean, I don't trust Sammy Watkins. And I don't even know if I trust Lazard. Is this a spot where we see Aaron Rodgers be like, hey, rookie, this is your shot. Go out and do your thing. Um, it wouldn't shock me. It, it really wouldn't. Minnesota, Minnesota's pass defense wasn't great last year anyway. And, I mean, they looks like their run defense is going to be better with some offseason moves. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how much I trust Aaron Jones. I do like his um, ceiling. He's someone that can get passes, catches out of the backfield. I'm definitely looking at minnesota and jones stacks but i'll have some minnesota and um watson as well because i do think like how many people are gonna play him like he, he's someone that like we don't even know if he's gonna start until this game starts at 4 25 like an hour before hour and a half before um he, we currently have him projected at 0. 0.01 ownership um obviously if Tanyan plays, he would be an option. If Lazard plays, he'd be an option. And I wouldn't like Watson as much. But if Lazard doesn't play, yeah, I mean, AJ Dillon could be someone that takes work away from Jones. I just, 
Watson is who I'm leaning to right now. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with your – like, this is a split backfield. A.J. Dillon's going to get a ton of work this year. I I don't disagree with that at all. Um, But I think Minnesota wins this game, and I think Aaron Jones is the back that you want in a trailing game script. Um, That's why I'm leaning – he's definitely more expensive. He's projecting for higher ownership, but I think that's correct at this point. Um, Watson, I I like the talent. It's just – he's been hurt all training camp, all all preseason – so it's hard to trust him. Um, he's attached to Aaron Rodgers, so I certainly don't hate the call at all. I'll, I will have some as well, um, but just probably more Aaron Jones than than Watson for me. But definitely don't hate the call. Just, I, I mean, doesn't just the dude like North Dakota State? Like this is, just seems like a Aaron Rodgers wide receiver. It, it, I just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be fun to watch. Aaron Rodgers has been super high on him all off season. Like get in, get on it before everybody else. I mean, this is week one. You take your shots and here's the thing. You already kind of talked about it. Minnesota is in a fantastic spot here. Um, I don't know why green Bay is favored in this game. I really don't. Um, I think if you're betting an underdog, Minnesota is one of my favorite underdog bets on the slate. What are your thoughts here on the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, the Vikings um, under Zimmer have been a run-first team. They brought in a new coach who came from Sean McVay's tree of coaching. Like, this is going to be an entirely different offense. And you look at their passing game and who they have at wide receiver, and this is an offense, a passing attack that I'm extremely excited about. Cook is an extremely efficient receiver out of the backfield. Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the entire NFL. And Adam Thielen has had a, a very long productive career. And that's under the old offense that was very slow, ran the ball first, and like just an old school mind of football. This is a new school offense now. Um, and the talent at the at the skill positions is just incredible. So I'm very excited about this Minnesota offense. Uh, I think the, the Green Bay defense is talented, but this is this has the feel of a shootout to me. Like Green Bay is going to try to slow it down with their running attack first. I think Minnesota's offense is going to be too much for them to to be able to slow this game down. And Minnesota's going to run fast, and they're going to score points in a hurry. And that's going to put Green Bay in a catch-up mode um, and speed up the overall pace of this game. So I, I love the Las Vegas uh, Chargers game as well, but I like this game too. I think, I think Rodgers could really be forced into a script where he's throwing a ton um, with Minnesota's elite passing attack. It's, it's one of my favorite games on the slate. Gosh, made me like Watson even more. I just <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I hate Sammy Watkins like chalk, and the more I just like Watkins to be the guy. But what yeah, it's just I, I love Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson in general. Adam Thielen, not so much, but I think like he's someone that could have a big game at 5,400 uh, out of nowhere. But the guy I don't want to like forget about here is Irv Smith Jr. Um I think he's going to, he has the potential to have a big game. You could, I mean, this is one of those rare spots where you could play Kirk Cousins. Um, Kirk Cousins is capable of like 25 plus point games. He's able to put up 30 plus. You can go Cousins, Jefferson, Smith. You can go Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen. I mean, this is definitely a triple stack spot. Um, I'm not as high on Dalvin Cook this week. There's going to be plenty of weeks that I play him, but I want to see how he kind of fits out here with this new 
coach um, in general, yeah. and he's seventy nine hundred. I, I agree with that take. And, and I will have a ton of cousins. I, d- I didn't necessarily mention cousins, but I mentioned all his pass catchers. If I'm playing that many of his pass catchers, I'm certainly going to have exposure to cousins. Um, I don't know how quickly Jalen Rager can get up to speed. If he wasn't here, I would have a ton of interest in KJ Osborne at that price. Obviously they, they spent draft capital to acquire Rager. They have plans for him. I just don't know that it happens this week. Um, so KJ Osborne, don't love him as much as if Rieger wasn't here, um, but still we'll, we'll probably take some shots just because I'm I'm that high on this offense overall. I don't think Rieger is even active this week, but we'll see. Um, I think KJ Osborne's the third guy, yep. but Rieger is definitely someone if KJ Osborne doesn't perform is right there waiting. And that's only double set. Like I, I would always play one of Jefferson and yep. Thielen anytime I'm playing Cousins. But as far as double stacking it, I think he's in play. All right, Giant, Giants and Titans, um, forty three and a half total here. Tennessee, five and a half um, point favorite. We'll start here with the Giants side. Um, obviously, new head coach here as well. They, they, um, he. Gosh, I think the Giants should grade high as far as offseason moves. They bettered their offensive line. They made their pass rush better. Shepard questionable. Uh, I mean, that's just like at this point every single week. week. Um, He can't stay healthy, and I I hate it for the guy. Um, But, I mean, they have have some talent here with Tony. They have Galladay still who, when he's healthy, he's a beast. Barkley's healthy. He's a beast. I mean, we have no idea what Bellinger and these guys are going to do at tight end. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Giants? Yeah, I mean, I I want to like the Giants. Um, I think Dable's going to be a, a good NFL head coach. I just don't know that they have the personnel to do it right off the bat right away. Um, we'll see how Daniel Jones plays. I think that's that's a huge key. Um, Saquon Barkley, I, I like him. I think he's involved in the passing game still. I think the the leash that he kind of had last year comes off. He's he's another year healthier, removed from the injury. Um, so I, I like Barkley to have a big year. I like him in in this spot. The wide receivers, we have to see who's active. Um, if we get Shepard out, Tony is is one of my favorite plays on the slate, and I think you could even look at at Wandale Robinson, um, who was an early round pick for them. I think Galladay is kind of on his way out. Like he, he just hasn't had success in this offense. For not healthy, man. Not, he, he just cannot stay healthy. Yeah. Um, just Hip, doesn't look any, anything. Yeah. Nothing like he did three, four years ago. Right. Yep. So I'm, I'm interested in the young guys. It's, it's Tony and Robinson for me. Um, Shepard, if, he, if he's in there, I'll play a little bit, but I would prefer him to be out just so he can get the, the cheap guys. Um, I have interest here, but it's, it's primarily Barkley. I'm not playing any Daniel Jones, but I don't mind Tony or Robinson as a, as a run back on, from a Tennessee side. I like Barkley and Tony. I think those are the only two guys that I'm going to play from the Giants. Even if Shepard plays, I still like Tony. They showed us last year that they're going to use his speed as much as they possibly can. Um, and as a Gator, man, this guy, he's quick. He is very fast. Um, and I mean, the minor knee procedure doesn't seem like it's even a thing, and I expect him to be full go here at 4,100. And he's someone – he could be a slate breaker at 4,100, um, especially if we expect, like, Tennessee to be playing from ahead in this game, which I think is 
what most people kind of think is going to happen. Let's talk about Tennessee. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry is a is an absolute beast. The Giants' run defense is going to be a little bit better. Derrick Henry is going to get twenty to twenty five carries every game. Um, Fanduel Derrick Henry is a fantastic play, but on DraftKings because of his touchdown equity, he's still very playable. My problem here is with Brown gone and Tannehill now looking at Robert Woods, Westbrook, and Hooper, can teams just say we're just going to sell out on the run on Tennessee and do everything that we can to stop Henry and make Tannehill beat us? I think we see that approach a lot this year when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's in play, but I think that's kind of been in play over the past couple of seasons too. Like, but AJ Brown like, has opened it up a little bit. Yeah, that's that's fair. And, and I mean, Julio's a big name. Not that he he did anything last year, but he was still on the field as a threat, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose there's there's a little more risk of that this season. He's still incredible, and even against stacked boxes, we've seen him have success before. Like. I agree that FanDuel is the place to play him because he doesn't have that that receiving equity that you kind of need on DraftKings. Um, there's a lot of great running back plays in this week. Um, Henry is one of them, but I don't know that he's a top two or three of them. Um, definitely prefer Taylor. Definitely prefer McCaffrey. Definitely prefer Eckler. So it like it's tough. Um, he's in the conversation. Just don't know how much of him I'm going to get to because there are such strong plays at running back. I mean, do we expect Robert Woods to be a full go here? Torn ACL surgery, came back. Um, I mean, he's not on the injury report or anything. Do we expect him to be a full go, I think, is a question mark. Because if he is a full go and he plays 80% of the snaps, he should have a 20 to 25% target share in this offense. Um, Burks is there. Westbrook's there. Like, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, like, if Traylon Burke starts or not, who yeah, knows? That's, <laughs> just uh, Derrick Henry is like the guy, right? Like the, if you're playing Tennessee, you're like playing Derrick play Henry. Henry. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I kind of agree. Rather than trying to figure it out, like I know I know people on both sides that, that say Woods is gonna eat up all the targets and and Burks is gonna be the fourth option in the offense, and others that say Burks is the is the guy here. So, um. Shout out Carlucci, Tennessee Titans fan. He's he's a big Burks guy, saying that he he's the true number one here. So I don't know. Maybe I'll take some shots on Burks just in case. Um, but it, it'd be very deep field tournament stuff. Woods, I, you, I don't. I just I don't know. I'd have to see him come back healthy before before I want to target that that side of it. I think you have to take shots on Burks this week. Yeah, we might never get him at this ownership again. Yeah, I think you have to take shots on Burks this week. But, I mean, I think you could take shots on Woods and Westbrook, too. But I, Derrick Henry's the play. Uh, I yeah. just don't want to overshadow that, like, Derrick Henry is the play. All right, last game here, Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Arizona Cardinals. 53.5 total, highest total on the slate. Kansas City a six-point favorite. I mean, the only thing that I'm somewhat – concerned and actually kind of excited for is like Kansas City might have like a really terrible pass rush this year um which could lead to more shootouts for this Kansas City offense but my 
favorite play on the entire slate is Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> this dude's 25 years old. People, because he's just been so good when he, you know, got there with Pittsburgh. People forget that he's 25 years old. He's talked about on Instagram. He's fully healthy coming into the season. Juju is a game changer. He's a game changer. And if he plays 80% of he's 5,200 and could have 15 targets in this game. Yeah. I, I love the call. Um, like MVS, we know what he is. He's going to run down the field in a straight line. Um, and hopefully he catches it when he separates from the DB. But isn't that what Juju, Hardman is too? Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, Juju, outside of the gadget Juju plays, and Kelsey are just gonna be the guys that get the targets and move the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally on board with your take. I agree. Um, if it's not Pittman, that's the most underpriced wide receiver on the slate. It's it's Juju. So completely on board. Love this game environment. Um, like people's like sleeping on Pat Mahomes and his ability, like. Juju was catching pass- passes from 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger the last two seasons. Like this, with this no is com- offensive line. Yeah, this is a completely different situation. Um, totally on board with your take. He's he's absolutely one of the top plays on the slate. And like the fact that like Andy Reid like said we need to go get this guy and like so boosted this guy. I just I mean MVS is definitely in play for tournaments. We haven't projected at like three percent. He's forty seven hundred. He could have a hundred yards and a touchdown on three plays. So definitely have some exposure to MVS. I mean, we don't want to bury the lead. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end play on every slate. Um Andrews, I kind of like Andrews a little bit more on this slate, but I mean Kelsey should smash, should smash um in this one. Arizona secondary is still going to be really weak in general. This is a game that 60 plus is very, very possible. I love the over in this game. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't forget about Pat Mahomes. He, he's really good. Like, I know we're going to get, you know, we're excited about playing some of these other guys this this week, but don't forget about old Patrick Mahomes. Uh, love Juju, love Kelsey, MVS for tournaments. Running back situation. What are your thoughts here before we move on to the Arizona side about like this running back situation? Like, are we concerned about McKinnon? It doesn't sound like Ronald Jones is going to get a ton of work. It sounds like it's going to be Edwards Hilaire to get the majority of the work here to start the year. Like, what are your thoughts on the running situation? I don't have any interest in Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think this Arizona team is very beatable through the air and Kansas city is still one of the top passing offenses in the league. Um, seems a pretty clear way to beat this team. Um, I think Kansas City is able to to do whatever they want through the air. Edwards Alaire. I mean, could he fall in for two touchdowns? I suppose, but there are, there are so many great running back plays on this slate. I, I'm just not going to take the chance that that Edwards Alaire finds something that he wasn't able to in absolutely elite offenses over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, he had 200 yard rushing games last year. He did not have a game where he attempted more than 20 rushes. Um, I mean, that's everything that you really need to know. He didn't have over five targets out of the backfield in any game last year. Um, yeah, just I don't have a ton of interest in the running game. I just wanted to bring it up because we didn't talk about it. But let's go to the other side uh, of this game. And one of my favorite tournament plays on the other side of this game in Hollywood Brown. Um, huge pickup for Arizona. 
played college football with Kyler Murray. Um, there's going to be a lot of, lot of love here with these two guys. My, my, the, so here's the thing, right? Kansas City's pass rush should be weak. It's a weak offensive line. How is that going to play out? Hopkins is out. We know that. Marquise Browns and, and like Moore and Ertz, they're like set up for big games here if we get a shootout. Yeah, I'm playing a ton of of Mahomes and Juju and Kelsey, so I'm definitely playing a ton of Arizona as well. Um, and and I'll even run some stacks where I where I lead it off with Kyler just because he has massive upside with his rushing ability as well. Uh, Marquise Brown is, is my favorite target, but he's the most expensive. Um, like AJ Green, I think is is in play at this price. Um, I'm not sure that Rondell Moore is trusted as much as people want him to be. Um, he's certainly the the talented young guy with 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 all the ability, but AJ Green was more productive last season. Um, so don't don't sleep on him. But they all, to, also it, had like Christian Kirk last year and Hopkins. Like there wasn't a road for more to be like that, like wide receiver too. Like Green's the underneath guy. I just feel like if there was ever a time for more to like excel you got six weeks of no hop of no Hopkins here. Like this is when you got to do your thing. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely need him to step up. Um, I'm just looking at ownership right now is kind of what's leading me in that direction. We have more projecting for close to 20% and AJ green under Ooh. 2%. Okay. Like if, if that holds good, good call. I'm, I'm going to play some AJ green. Oh yeah. Um, if they come in closer than that, like if, if more is 15% and green 10%, then I'm, then I'm playing Rondell more. Um, but if this ownership holds, if that's still where we're projecting it Sunday morning, uh, I'm definitely going to be over the field on, on AJ green, just be like the upside of this offense is, is elite. Like it's going to be a shootout highest total on the board. We both like the over, like there's going to be plenty of offense in this game. So, I mean, I got to bring up James Connor. Um, I love this. <sighs> so here, I don't know. When they get in, when they got into shootout type of games last year, this dude was heavily involved in the passing game. When after Chase Edmonds got hurt, yeah, that's a fantastic point. Who's now in Miami? Who's now James in Miami? Conner yeah, was a full blown workhorse running back, and nobody like is talking about that. I he's completely agree with this take. Yeah, he's low owned, under five percent. He's kind of pricey at seven k, but he's capable of like thirty plus point games. Um. I don't know, man. I, I have to bring him up because this is like one of those situations where like you can five game stack this game. You can have five players from this game because this game has the potential to score so many points where you could have three players from Kansas City and run it back with Connor and Brown or however you want to do it. There's options to do like a full five man stack in this game. James Connor. When they got into shootouts last year, man, just he was so involved when Edmonds was out. Like, I don't know. I have interest in Connor. I do too. I was going to bring him up if you didn't. Um, he's probably my favorite low on running back on the entire slate. You know, he's got the goal line role. Obviously, Kyler will will run a couple in, but they're not handing it to any other running back when when they're inside the five. It's going to James Connor if it's not Kyler Murray. So, very interested there. As far as his pass down uh, role, like Eno Benjamin has been there for a couple years, has never broken through. Keontae Ingram is a rookie. Like week one, I'm not really scared of him taking the work. I'm pretty confident that James Conner is the pass catching back here as well. He's shown that he's capable of doing it throughout his career. 
Arizona showed they weren't afraid to use him in that role after Edmonds went down last season. Yes, he's expensive. He's not the sexiest name in the, in his price range, but in this game environment, I'm I'm extremely interested in some James Conner. Yeah, I mean Zach Ertz is in play too, 4400. Um always a threat for gosh, like Kyler Murray loved him at the end of the last year when he came over, so Definitely don't mind Zach Ertz. Um, I there's a lot of tight ends I like more than him, but I mean I always try to narrow down my tight ends to like five, four or five. Um, he's really close. Like Ertz Everett Komet is kind of where I'm gonna have to like see who I want to play because I'm playing Kelsey, I'm playing Andrews, and I'm playing um Pitts. So uh, those kind of other three or four guys I got to kind of narrow down, but. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Like I said, change the morning grind game up for this year. We're going to use DK still. Um, give me a quarterback. Doesn't have to be low-owned, but give me a quarterback that you like to throw for over 300 yards this year or this week. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to go – I don't know how low-owned he'll be. I think he's, he'll be lower-owned than – than some of the others just because of his price. But Justin Herbert is the guy I feel most confident in doing it. Um, love that game environment. Great spot for him. Absolutely talent all over the offense. Um, I'm with you. They're Super Bowl contenders for sure. And it's Justin Herbert at the top. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk love Cousins it. to have a good game here. I mean, I don't know how much I like Delvin Cook, so he's probably going to score three touchdowns. So uh, <laughs> it, it is... Wednesday night, Thursday morning now. Um, give me a running back that is projected for some pretty low ownership. Anything under 10% to score a touchdown this week? Uh, we just talked about him, James Conner. I, I think people are going to play the passing in that game. Um, and James Conner, I think, has a full-blown workhorse role. All right, took my guy. Um I can't. I I don't think this guy will stand under ten percent, but I really hope he does. Give me Alvin Kamara um, to score a touchdown. He's currently projected for eight percent right now. Give me a quarterback wide receiver stack that you like for a touchdown this week. I'm gonna go Mahomes Juju. Um, that Arizona secondary is is so weak. Um, just love that stack. I'm I'm with you. I think Juju's the guy there. All right. Um... Gosh, I have a hard time not seeing Derek Carr hit Adams for a touchdown this week. So, you know, kind Love of talked that. about that. Uh, yep. I think I, I think he's going to pepper. Um, and I think they're going to be playing from behind. I think, the, like I said, I think the Chargers are going to be really good this year. Give me a wide receiver that you like that is going to see eight-plus targets this week. Kind of the same line of thinking. Like, the, these guys in new situations, I'm very interested in week one. People want to show what they – they went out and gave up assets for Tyree Kill in Miami. Uh, Waddle dealing with a little bit of a quad injury. Not sure if he's 100%. I think Ty- Tyree Kill is getting a ton of work this week. I am going to go off of what we saw towards the end of last year. And Jared Goff loves St. Brown. Um, I like his opportunities here to get eight plus targets. Like we said, six straight games to finish the, the NFL season last year. Um, St. Brown was absolutely crushing and 
Honestly, I, I think that game is just kind of sneaky. I think Philly is going to have a good go at it. And with Jamison Williams out, I mean, it's St. Brown in that wide receiver core. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, give me a tight end that's going to score a touchdown, not named Andrews Kelsey. <laughs> um, I need welcome to, to the this. game. I'm always <laughs> going to take off those types of guys. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Okay. Andrews was the guy for sure. Um there's plenty of other options. Oh, yeah. You're not ever uh, getting Andrews or Kelsey. The, I mean, if Pitts wasn't in a tough matchup, I would have taken him off the board too. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Give me give me uh Gerald Everett. See, what is wrong with that pick? That is a fantastic tournament <laughs> pick. Like he's projected for three percent. That is a fantastic pick. I like that pick a lot. I'm going to go in the same price range and say no more Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet gets a touchdown right off the bat here and says, hey, play me moving forward. Love it. Give me a defense that you like to score 10 plus points this week. Give me Cincinnati against Pittsburgh. Um, not sure what Trubisky's going to do. His top option, uh, Deontay Johnson dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, new, new, just a new offense all around there. So Difficult situation for Trubisky. Uh, I think Cincinnati uh, has a great game against them. This is not a homer pick. Give me the Miami Dolphins. I really think the Patriots offense is going to struggle, and the Miami defense is really good. Um, I think they're going to be kind of popular this week. I think Washington is going to be really popular. I think those are going to be your like two popular defenses this week. But, yeah, I like Miami defense a lot. Um Really like the New Orleans defense. You got to pay up for them, but I don't think a lot of people will pay up for them. Um, that Atlanta situation could be really bad. Could be potentially good. We'll see. Uh, give me transferring now from like the DFS side to more of the betting and like fantasy props type of things. Give me your favorite spread or money line bet that you like this week. All right. Um, give me the Carolina Panthers minus one and a half. Um, Jacoby Brissett on the other side. I think it's pretty clear how they slow them down. Just stack the box against Nick Chubb. Cleveland is a very talented team, but I just I don't think Jacoby Brissett is an NFL starting quarterback. So uh, Carolina's improved on offense. I think Baker is going to come out a man on fire this week. Um, I like Carolina. I like that um, for sure. I. Uh, there's two ways that I could see betting this. Um, I mean, I, I could take the point and a half with Minnesota. It's like minus um, 110 right now. Or I could just go full money line on Minnesota. Uh, I think if they win, it'll probably be by more than a point. So give me Minnesota money line plus 102. Um, I think this line moves, and this line is Minnesota's favored by the end of the week. Um Give me your favorite over-under bet of the week. So I love that Minnesota pick you just made, and I'm staying right there for, for over-under. Um, this I am I love this Minnesota offense. Um, I think a, a new head coach was much needed from the old-school way of thinking that they've been running. I think Minnesota racks up a ton of points in a hurry here, and I believe in Rodgers' talent on the other side, even without Devontae Adams or, or really any semblance of a receiving core. I think he can – can do some things to keep pace. Um, I also think that both running backs are extremely talented there. And Green Bay, despite being less talented on offense, will still be able to put up some points. So really love Green Bay, Minnesota, over 47. 
That game opened at 48 and a half. It got bet down. Um, so I think it moves back closer to 48, 48 and a half. So jump on that early. I'm going over on the Kansas City Arizona game. We talked about it. Love the over in this game. Um, it's at 53 and a half. Most books here, you get it at minus 110. You're going to see mostly when you're betting over unders, 110 is kind of like the general number um, that we see. So I like the over in that game a lot. Uh, do you have a player prop you like this week? Is there anything here standing out to you before we get into prize picks? Any player props that you like? There was one that I saw. Um, I like Saquon Barkley to get his kind of workhorse role back. Um, I don't love the matchup this week, but his line is sitting at 55 and a half rushing yards right now. And it's right at even money. Uh, minus one one at Caesars is where I saw the line. Um, I like him to go over that this week. Just I don't trust the the offense, uh, the passing attack to do a majority of the work. I think they're going to lean on Saquon pretty heavily here. I like him to go over 55 and a half rushing yards. I like that. Um, I have no problems with that whatsoever. I do think he's going to be someone um, that gets a larger role. But so I have two. One of them is on scores and odds. If you're not a member over there. I wrote this up and it's already moved three. It's moved four and five in some places, but I like Jonathan Taylor over 94 and a half rushing yards. Um, like that a lot. He just should crush it. But my favorite prop, which I think is way, way underpriced. It's taken off in some places, but you can still get it at minus 120 on DraftKings. It's Juju over 46 and a half receiving yards. Um, I love that one. And it's yeah. something that, yeah, I I jumped on it on prize picks because I live in Florida, but I love Juju over his receiving yard props this week. So uh, let's shift gears to prize picks. Each week we're going to give out our favorite prize picks play and make a two-pick power play over there for everyone. Um, what are you looking at on prize picks this week? So when I was looking for player props, I was looking for Tyreek Hill receptions um on sports books and i noticed like they've removed a lot of tyreek hill props at this point because of jalen waddle being listed on the injury report he was still available there was no receptions props on prize picks but his receiving yards prop was up there 63 and a half i, I like the over on that i like i said i think they feature him in this offense they gave up a ton to get him um they're gonna want to show him off a little bit so give me tyreek over 63 and a half receiving yards and then Derek Carr was sitting at 256 passing yards on prize picks. At the sports books, he's somewhere between 265 and a half to 266 and a half with juice on the over. So that's massive value on prize picks. Always something I'm looking at when when shopping lines like prize picks, you can often find discounts like that. Yep. Um, that that's a significant discount. We love this game environment. Um, so give me Tyreek over 63 and a half rushing receiving yards, uh, Derek Carr over 256 passing yards. All right, we're going to make it a three-pick because I'm going to give out my favorite one as well. Um, I'm going to go A.J. Dillon over 12.5 receiving yards. I think this is someone we see used in the passing game. I think that number, he could get that with one catch. I think that number is just a little too low. Um, this is something as well that was kind of, we have this new um, NFL best bets tool for prize picks that Jamino and his team has been working on um, where they grade out some of the stuff that they're looking at as far as like prize picks picks. It's the second highest for anyone that's a premium member. They've already saw this. Um, so I like both of the, there's two of the top three that I like. I'm kind of iffy on Traylon Burks 
his line's at 35 and a half, but Cordell Patterson is at 34 and a half rushing yards. So there we go. We're going to give out four. Why not? Me and Will <laughs> did this earlier. We were going to give out two and we gave out five. Um, so we're going to give out four. I'm going to play this as a flex play. 5X for four. <clears throat> One and a half X for three. Um, I like these picks, all four of these guys. So there we go. We got AJ Dillon over 12 and a half receiving yards. Tyreek Hill over 63 and a half receiving yards. Carr over 256 and a half and Patterson under 34 and a half rushing yards. So uh, Keith week one in the books, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, don't have much else. What a, this should be an exciting slate. Hopefully the, the ownership stays spread out as we have it right now. I think um, that's always fun when, when you can pretty much play whatever you want because ownership isn't too crazy. When there's a guy in a smash spot, who's way underpriced, and Juju might be that to a, to an extent. Totally on board with that after talking that through with you. Um, but not a ton of chalk on this week one slate, which is really nice to see. So very excited football is here. Got an awesome Thursday night game coming up. Um, it's here. It's We got it for the next several months. Let's enjoy it. There's juice on the under on Patterson at 30 and a half rushing yards. Kind of what you're talking about with prize picks. Just kind of shopping that stuff around. I mean, yep. I like that one a lot. I'm I was quickly looking um at Dylan's trying to find if he has a prop for receiving yards and see what it is really quick before we get out of here. He's at the juice is on the over at 13 and a half um on like he's 150 at 13 and a half on Caesars. So yeah, I mean that's like one and a half yards may not seem like a ton, but when you factor in that juice, that's massive value to be able to yeah. bet it at even money on price picks. Yep, take advantage of it. All right, Skeet had a blast. Um, we're going to get out of here and hope everyone has a great NFL week one. Like Keith was saying, it's great that we don't have like massive chalk, but it's week one. Play whoever you want. Like, this is one of those weeks where make sure your lineups correlate well. Always recommend, you know, that kind of stuff. But you mean at the end of the day, you can play whoever you want this week because ownership is going to be everywhere. So, that's going to wrap it up week one. If you have any questions, like I said, hit us up on Twitter. If not, we'll see you week two. Good luck, everyone. See you then.